Hi guys, this is your boy Bass, and you're listening to episode two of Anime Degens. I'm here with the rest of the hosts, Tyler and Dan, and we're here to give you some laughs and updates about the anime world. In this episode, we'll be covering our first look anime, weekly rundown, an Akira review, and a new segment we'll explain a little bit later. Fellas, my life's been hectic this last week. How's it been going for y'all? Well, I've just been chilling today, vibing. I just woke up from a nap. I'm pretty excited about this second episode. What about you, awesome. Dan? Me too. Yeah, I just got back from a nice little vacation. I was out in Utah snowboarding for the last uh, four or five days. So excited to get back to home. Uh, playing gave me a lot of time to watch and catch up on some anime. So uh, excited to talk about some of it. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard you out a little bit. Up there. Yeah, I had I had one digger that was pretty good. And uh, my phone ended up calling 911 on me. So uh, turn that feature <laughs> off real quick. Yeah, that that would probably be unfortunate. The cops showing up while you're out there trying to have fun. Yeah, at least they call it. If I didn't have headphones and they would have came right to the mountains. So uh, yeah, thankfully yeah, I had a button. That would have been an awkward conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Well, I guess we are going to get started with our first segment. Uh, this is a new one I'm really excited about. We're calling it the showdown throwdown basically we're gonna pitch a show that we enjoyed that the other two hosts haven't seen and we're gonna try and convince them to watch it so uh bass you want to get us going on that sure i'll go ahead and start um so my show that i'm gonna try to convince you guys to watch is dr stone this came out summer 2019 along with a lot of uh, other really good shows like fire force and vinland saga and honestly i've watched fire force and i think it holds up to it don't know why as many people haven't watched it, but it is actually a really good show. So to start, it is a shonen, um, but I wouldn't say like the height of the plot is really in the fighting. The the time in betweens and, and preparing for the fights is kind of what keeps me on the edge of the seat and keeps me coming back to it. But to give you guys some idea about the actual plot. So the story starts in the 21st century. Uh, but after a random incident, everybody gets turned to stone. Miraculously, our super genius and main character, Sin- Sinku, was able to break out of this petrification after an extended, extended amount of time, a few thousand years is what I'll say. But he finds out that the rest of the human population is still in these stones. So, you know, he's in a post-apocalyptic world, pretty much in the middle of a forest, and he has to figure out how to take care of his basic needs, you know, Shelter, food, water, clothes, right? So he uses his super genius brain to do that. But then after that, he's like, okay, I can't, I can't live on my own. And uh, he wants to start uh, rebuilding civilization. So he wakes up some of his friends and some of people who he thinks is going to be useless. I mean, useful. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Plot twist. They are actually (laughs) useless. Spoiler alert. They are useless. Useless. (laughs) But some of these people that he's woken up are good, but others don't want to proceed about the human repopulation the same way he does. I'm going to keep that part vague because it's a big part. But uh, what ends up happening is there's two schools of thought. They break off into two different tribes. One is more centered around Sengoku's style of living life and figuring out the problems, which is all brains. And then the other tribe is more about bronze. You know what I'm saying? So there's a little culture battle going on up here in the world between the leftover humans. And so Sengoku 
I mean, Singu starts a technological arms race to battle the bronze of the other, other tribe. Um, what I really liked about this, it was different than pretty much every other shonen. I've watched a lot of shonen. Um, and it was, it was very different from one, anything I'd ever watched in that genre. So what everybody's usually curious about is the, you know, the animation, the world building, and the pacing is really, really good. I'd say after episode two or three, it really, really picks up and kind of locks you in a little bit. Um, the thing that's really cool when, when Senku is like making new technology to fight or to help them live an easier life, save time, all of the scientific concepts, theories, principles used in the show are actually factual. So there's not really any like magic or like a power system. He's just figuring out how he can use the world around him to make things that were in the 21st century. So it's pretty much like a speed run of technology from the stone age to like 2020. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. And what kind of keeps me going and say is like, say I need to make like, uh, like a pouch for my protein shake here. Right. Um, it's made out of cardboard, but there's lining for the cardboard on the outside and inside. So he would have to make that too. There's a bottle cap. So he'd have to make plastic, figure out how to shape it. So out of one problem, it creates like five or six form. And it kind of follows him through that and how to do that. And it's, it's cool to see him figure that out. And it's kind of like a little bit of like a educational and it's entertainment. So it's, it's pretty cool that way. And there's also some great voice actors like Subaru from ReZero slash Arthur Boyle from Fire Force. He's the main character. You got uh, Senku's best friend who is voiced by Makoto uh, Furukawa, who is Saitama from One Punch Man. And then you got um, one of their friend girls um, who is voiced by uh, Manami uh, Huma, Humakura. Sorry for the pronunciations. Oops. Friend girl. Friend, friend girl. girl. Can, can friend you elaborate girl. what a friend girl is? Hey, there's just a girl that's his friend. Friend girl. <laughs> that's what I call him. Um, Wafu. Wafu. Who is, uh, who is actually also brandished from fairy tale. So the voice acting is a one animations, a one, the world building is really good. And if you're into that, uh, into manga, the manga's already done. So if you want to read ahead and if you get really enticed, it's really good. But hey, that's that's it for my little sales pitch. I, I hope y'all liked it. I hope y'all check it out, man. I'm What's just, your uh, first thoughts? I'm just trying to figure out like how he gets his hair to stay like that. Honestly, <laughs> so the first thing he does is make hair gel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, that that's it for me. Um, uh, anything you guys thought uh, that I didn't explain well or have any questions about it? So this might be very important to some of our listeners, definitely not me. Is this friend girl, is she up to um, anime uh, drawing uh, critique of some of our other favorite shows? She, she's not a baddie. Not a baddie? <laughs> she's, she's not a, she's decent, but she ain't no baddie. No, she's no, no Robin or uh, anything like that. No, no, no baddies in the show? And there's some baddies. She just not All one right. of them. All right. She's not a contender. If you, got, if you like anime titties, there's something in there for you too. <laughs> oh, okay. We're we're definitely watching this next week, Dan. Yeah, I might have to give it a go. See what it's about. <laughs> All right, I think uh, Tyler, you're next. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take it. Um, all right. Um, I guess it's my time to shine. Uh, I'm gonna try to convince the Shonen boys, Dan and Bass here, as well as Excuse you folks me? listening out there, to yeah, take he's the time you in here with me. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I just watched a romance mecca. Leave me alone. 
I'm 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 gonna try to convince them. I'm gonna try to convince them to actually take the time and watch a show called ReZero, starting life in another world. Now to He's start out, yeah, and Isekai. Uh, now to start out with the basics, the show isn't Isekai, like Dan said. Uh, th- that came out in 2016, so it's a little older. Uh, it has two seasons for a total of 50 episodes. So you can actually binge watch this in a single weekend if you wanted to, if you're dedicated. Uh, I probably couldn't do 50 no more. Uh, now you're probably wondering what it's about. Well, it's about Subaru Natsuki, a teenage otaku who gets sent to a fantasy world with nothing but a bag of groceries and a cell phone. Naturally, as an otaku, he's super excited to have been sent to another world, his own isekai. Who who don't who don't love that? Yeah. So his name is Subaru. Subaru. I, yes. I have a Subaru in my driveway. I'm a big fan of it. So this is gaining some traction for me. Yeah. <laughs> Subaru. Subaru Natsuki. He's he's just like us. He's an otaku, you know. So just whoa, keep that whoa, in mind. Whoa, whoa. Don't put us in that category. Those that's like the <laughs> the deep end. Like we have lives. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't. He you know he's a teenage. That's all he does. He just fantasizes about Isakai going to another world. Well, he's he got he got transferred to one. Now he he's got in his one. wish. He got, he, his, he got wish. his wish. Good for him, honestly. So now he's in this other world. Uh, but sadly, he finds out that he doesn't have any special abilities or powers. That's that's sad. Big sad right there. Uh, he runs into a group of thugs who proceeds to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> when out of nowhere, a beautiful half-elf girl shows up and saves him. Nice. Uh, but shortly after that, Subaru ends up dying. Yeah. The main character just died in the first episode. GG's. Show is over, right? wrong the good news is subaru does have a special power it's called return by death which only activates when subaru dies of course and how it works is that when subaru dies he travels back in time to the last checkpoint to essentially retry that part of his life to change it to a future in which he successfully completes the objective that he died trying to do while also staying alive because if he dies, he goes back to the same checkpoint until he moves to the next checkpoint. And I'll mention as well, it's nearly impossible for Subaru or us as the audience to know which objective that he encounters is checkpoint material. So it gets it gets kind of a little bit confusing, uh, honestly. But uh, it's a very interesting uh, uh, power, I guess you can say. Okay. Um so are these objectives like Dark Soul caliber? Like where you're going to die a million times? Or is it like, oh, uh, it, shoot, it, it I hit depends. the wrong button and the boss killed me. I'm going back and trying to get it and finishing this time, you know? It, it really depends. Uh, sometimes, sometimes certain situations, it takes him a few, more than a few tries to uh, get past it. And... Um, which I also state that he does retain his memory of all these failures. So he doesn't lose his memory knowledge of what happened. He actually keeps it. It's literally like we're playing a video game. Yeah, he's literally oh. in a video game world, okay. basically. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. Isekai 101, but I'm saying yeah. it's like, you know, in a lot of them, if you die, you die. But yeah. Right, right. Well, he the thought fact- he was going to die, you know? 
Uh-oh. That's so Yeah, he wasn't funny. told he had the power or anything. So he can That's... get into a Groundhog Day situation if he can't yeah, figure out what his what actual saying. objective but is. Even even though he uh, he died the first time, first few times, whatever, he never knows when this power is going to actually stop. So he can't like abuse it because we don't know nothing about it. We just know that he comes back to life. He he figures out more about it as time goes on. Um, and also, it's, it's notable to mention, um, Subaru isn't a superhero that like wipes out everything with a couple punches. He is literally like he was in IRL world. He is an average otaku teen just living in the magical world, just trying to save his new friends that he encounters. So um, he's very basic and average. Imagine getting your own like uh, world and being fodder in it. Yeah, he, he he literally looks the same. This like he gets transported into his Jan sport. You know, this is the uh, least isekai isekai I've ever heard. <laughs> this isn't some overpowered, black haired behemoth who all the women lo- fall in love with, from what I can tell. So that that's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> my issues with isekai is all the main characters are basically the same person every time. Well, Subaru gets his ass handed to him <laughs> over and over and over. Okay. Okay. So, um, that sounds pretty interesting. This yeah. show always kept me on the edge of my seat just because it's a very difficult road where Subaru uses all his knowledge of his past experience and his return by death ability to outplay the stronger antagonists that he faces. And there are strong antagonists. And some antagonists aren't just like strong physical magical wise they are strong mentally um they outthink him they are smarter than him and he has to figure out how to move past um those situations in order to save uh the people that he loves or learns to lo- okay learns I have, to love etc so is it only him that realizes he that he's replaying this part nobody, of his life nobody else uh keeps the mirror when when he dies and goes back in time it resets the world okay to that okay. point Just not so him. nobody else knows uh, so except for he, him he's essentially like everybody else's npcs this is kind of like overworld where it's just him there that he knows of yeah except it's, he gains feelings for you know most of these people that he's friends with why wouldn't yeah, of he course. You know, yeah so um uh, so interesting it's, it's, a very interesting show uh if you're a fan of like darker shows that isn't afraid of blood and gore like attack on titan that keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time then this show is for you if you don't like seeing death and a lot of blood i'd pass it up as this show is not afraid of gore is not afraid of blood you will literally see guts being ripped out in the first episode it's it's pretty uh substantial um nice the only uh, i know one of the many complaints that uh people have about this show is uh he early on especially early on he dies a lot and so you're seeing the same checkpoint over and over and over again but i think it does a really good job at uh letting it's it's the learning phase you got to figure out what this power is and how how it works and just 
what his actions do to cause it everything to change. I felt like it needed to be done to show that Subaru is just a normal guy and not an OP guy because he's not OP. I mean, not dying is OP, but he literally, every way he dies, he remembers and it still hurts and it still hurts him mentally as well. Because can you, can you imagine dying over and over and seeing the shit that he sees while he's dying that that would take a toll on you. you it know? would, man. And then you have to like go back into that situation where you yeah. just died. That would and be very traumatic. And try here. to change it. Right. So, um, this show is a 9 out of 10 for me. It's in my top 5. It is my number one Isekai as well. Um, after hearing all that, did I make y'all want to check it out? And I'll try to answer any questions that y'all might have without too big of a spoiler. Yeah, I think it's definitely something I want to check out. It sounds interesting. Uh, one quick question. Does Subaru have all-wheel drive? Uh, <laughs> there is it's a horse. They got horses. Okay, okay. So not, all, not, all as, not, as, not as technically advanced as my Subaru. I got you. I mean, I'm not. I'm. Uh, he might have knockies on. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> at least he dripped up though. He's hey. got the he's got the Crocs with the uh, with the the thing on the heel flipped up in a four wheel yeah, drive yeah. mode. He's definitely, you know, he's got the little windbreaker on. He's ready, bro. He's like he's like a track star out there. That's all he does is run. That's all he can do. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. When you, you didn't tell us what it was, but when you said you were picking an isekai, I was just ready for. That classic. No, this is protagonist. This is, this is the isekai. This okay. is what the kids now call him. This is him. <laughs> He's him. This is him. <laughs> I was just ready for every every isekai I've tried to watch. They've all had the same main character. It's always like a Kirito from Sword Art Online or something like that, where it's just some dude who's way too strong, doesn't really struggle in fights. Uh, He's got dude... black hair. Where's black? Blah blah blah. You know, like the classic right. trope isekai trope so i'm think, excited to check one out that isn't that i think y'all gonna love it like i said he's just he's just like us just like the majority of people out here listening to us a nobody oh, dude, i would you put me in one of those worlds i'm just going fishing <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going fishing man. sitting on the lake <laughs> he, he wants to try to be the mc bro nah oh. nah i'm, I'm, I'm taking I'm that good on that seat. i'm taking yeah, that back seat. I'm going fishing. dying repeatedly like, can I just open, like, a sandwich shop or something? Like, you know, be the crazy thing. If I was just fishing, right? And I, by the time I die of old age, I just go back and start fishing again. But what, hey. what would you do if you met, like, the the waifu, you know, of I anime? The anime show. I hope she likes fish. An well, excellent answer, sir. She might. She might like fish. Who knows? I guess we'll see one day, right, boys? Yeah. <laughs> you said it was how many episodes? uh 50 it, okay and we uh i'm not sure on like new seasons uh there hasn't been any news in a while i think the second season part two was released back in 2021 so it's been a little while but as you know covid's been rampant during this time and stuff like that so uh i'm really hoping that they bring new episodes out sometime soon but um, I just don't know any news on it on if there's gonna it's not finished. Uh uh so Okay, gotcha. All right. Awesome. But uh anything else, boys? 
Right. That's it for me. No, I think you gave us a pretty good, good picture of it. You know, I'm yeah. excited to check out at least a few episodes of it and see if I uh, get hooked as fast as you did. Well, um, Dan, let us know what you got for us. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm going a little a little more aggressive. Um, so I picked Kill a Kill, which is a 2015, I believe. Yeah, 2015 show by Studio Trigger. This was an anime only. This wasn't adapted from a manga or anything like that. So it's a little different. Um, the series follows a vagrant schoolgirl. Her name is Ryoko Matoi on her search to find her father's killer, which brings her to this crazy high school, Hanoiji Academy. And she comes to find out that this world is just crazy messed up. Like it makes no sense at all, which is what makes it so fun. Um, Basically, come to this academy. She ends up in a violent conflict with the student council president, Sasuke Kiriwin, who is iron-willed. This woman is a badass. Like You do not want to mess with her. She is, she's the queen bee, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so basically, Hanoiji Academy is a school on top of an island. And all the families live going down the island. And it's like the slums at the bottom up to the really nice house at the top. And then there's a school at the tippy top. Um, how people are selected to where they live is based on how well their student does and what rank they get at the school, which is crazy. Like, imagine just being some dude and your kid sucks. So you're like a doctor and you just end up in the slums. That's that's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> what if you just get a dud, bro? You're yeah. donezo. But so basically, uh, this school is dominated by the student council, right? And all the clubs. And if you're a leader of a club, you get what's called a Goku uniform, which is basically a uniform with like these life fibers built into it, which give you just like superpowers. Then so there's Goku? three tiers. Yeah, Goku. Goku uniforms, what Goku. they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, Dragon Ball Z, shout out. Potentially, man. But yeah, these kids just get superpowers from throwing on a school uniform. Um. Okay. So basically. The school has a very, very stratified structure where from the bottom to the top, it's all based on your rank and your uniform and things like that. Um, higher ranked students get more powerful Goku uniforms, etc. And that in turn affects the social status of the family. Where I'm saying, like, you don't get one, you're in the slums and you work your way up one, two, three. So I will give a very, very, very important warning. There's a lot of fan service in this show. It is over the top. It is Weird. like borderline like edgy like it is okay. out there we love <laughs> all right fan service yeah we, we know fan what fan service, service means <laughs> but like it's crazy because usually like fan service is just there to get a horny 14 year old boy to be like wow that's awesome slash yes. slash guy here literally we love fan service so fan service plays a direct role in the plot of this show which is hilarious they really committed they okay. really committed go big or go home <laughs> um, it's just extremely the whole show is just extremely over the top in like classic studio trigger fashion I mean as you guys know I love Gurren Lagan, same studio Yeah. so basically um, it's extremely imaginative but there's a really deep theme that I'm not going to spoil for you but it underlines the whole show and basically it's your classic revenge story Ryuki has to work her way through the academy find out the secrets of her father's killer blah 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 she randomly has this half a scissor, the scissor blade, which is a badass weapon. As tall as she is, is a giant half of a scissor. And basically, she finds early in the show, she finds a sentient sailor suit that drinks her blood. 
and it gives That's her powers similar to these Goku uniforms. And, oh, uh, yeah. So she's 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 got jacked up. But uh, basically, it's like this whole thing. She has to battle her way through the student council to the top to find out these secrets. The plot is just all over the place. It's a massive plot twist halfway through it. Uh, the characters are like some of the funniest, most ridiculous characters I've ever seen in a show like this. It is just you can't forget it. It's one of those shows that like once you watch like two episodes, you're in, you're hooked. You're hooked for the whole 24. Like you just binge it. It's a weekend. It truly is a weekend then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 24. It's okay. light, you know? It's yeah, it's pretty light. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know how to like say a lot of it without spoiling much, but one of the teachers is a nudist. There's a whole thing with it. It's it's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> seems, it seems like it's a lot of action, action it, in it. Yeah, it is some of the most like over the top ridiculous action you will see in an anime. Like not like Dragon Ball Z or like Naruto or One Piece where it's like giant fight scenes. Mm-hmm. it's just like insane action like it's not like 17 episodes it's just like a crazy 5-10 minute fight well, that's I mean that's what we need right that sounds concise to the point I like that but uh yeah I mean one of like the first battles is her against like the leader of the boxing club and he's got these like two star gauntlets and he's just punching kids off the island all this crazy shit like that so it, it's way over the top it's awesome though I definitely recommend watching if you haven't and cool, yeah man. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think we'll check it out. I think all these shows that I've heard today has been check out worthy. So, yeah, I think we all made some really good cases for our shows. Yeah, hopefully I, mean, the, I, I talk hope, about fan service and sailor suits. So if that doesn't get you going, <laughs> I don't know what does. Hopefully, hopefully the audience <laughs> feels the same. If they haven't seen these shows, maybe we convince them too. Yeah, and yeah. if you guys check out any of the shows, let us know in the Discord. You know, shoot us a message, let us know what you think, or an email, or Twitter, or whatever. Yeah, and let us know if we did a good job describing, or if there's anything that we left out that you need to add. Yeah. And huge, huge shout out to Wikipedia for me stealing half my notes on the synopsis of this show. <laughs> love Wikipedia. Jeez. Love it, love it, love it. Well, okay, guys, uh, let, let's get to our first look for this week, which was Buddy Daddies. Um, I'll go through and give like a quick synopsis that I pulled from offline. Um, it's two assassin partners who never let their target get away somehow end up taking care of a four-year-old girl. The hot and cool buddies start a life with this cute, innocent girl. These assassins can handle any job with no problem, and yet they find themselves struggling with this little girl. From feeding her to playing with her, taking her to and from nursery school, they're always rushing, rushing around. But no, no matter how crazy their life is, when they have a job, they cannot turn it down. They broke. Is <laughs> broke, it really broke. possible to live as assassins and parents at the same time? Check it out to see if this uh, temporary family family can uh, find some happiness. Uh, Tyler, thoughts? First impressions? Well, um, it's 100% uh, better than the last uh, First Look show we reviewed. Uh, Trigun Stampede, by the way. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with that, man. Yeah, yeah, much it was better. Definitely very fun. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, all I think I watched three episodes of it. I really enjoyed it. It was uh, it's 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 actually darker than I imagined. It's got like a lot of blood and gore. Uh, considering that it's uh, a comedy, it tries to be 
a funny show and it tries to be light and cute but also it throws in a lot of blood and gore and a lot of intense uh action scenes with guns and violence um i actually enjoyed it though it's like a pretty good balance honestly if i don't say so myself what about what y'all think about it yeah, I can definitely agree with that. You know, I was kind of once I kind of saw what it was, I was kind of kind of I was kind of paralleling it to Spy Family. Similar idea. Thing, yeah. You know, it's kind of like spy child. Um, there's technically Ray, the there's uh Ray is the other character. He's kind of a cold blooded assassin, very similar to Spy he Family. Is. So mm-hmm. very, very similar vibe to it. But I think one thing that this does better is the action. I mean, like the first episode, it's like casually they're like doing a job and then all of a sudden this girl just barges in out of nowhere and like it's the middle of a gunfight and she gets held hostage <laughs> like <laughs> absolutely ridiculous and the only way he can save this girl is saying i'm your dad while running with a plate in front of him that's just getting smashed with bullets like, i thought that was absolutely ridiculous and i'm glad they started off the series that way honestly it's definitely oh, over the top man. and to your point tyler i mean it did have a lot of dark moments i I think i got four episodes in or so and it's it's funny to like go from scenes where this little four-year-old girl is just laughing it up and just running around being a kid to like these crazy like intense fight scenes i thought it was cool it was a a cool up and down they didn't i think they balanced it really really well um and kind of like from the get-go the plot had me like interested It, it grabbed me in the first episode yeah, I think it did a really good job with that because of like, I mean, we're all, you know, give or take 2930. Yeah. Imagine like if just a little girl just ended up in your life out of nowhere. I would have no fucking clue what to do. I'm not, I'm not parent material I'd be yet. So afraid. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, I have to account for this while also going and assassinating people. Like, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> I'd be like, yo, hey, hey, Dan Bass. Hey, here, y'all, y'all can have this kid here. <laughs> I don't want her. Yeah, get her away from me. What do I do? She's uh, crying. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Dan. Uh, the the plot, you know, it definitely pulls you in on the first episode. It actually starts out gun blazing during an intense car chase where we actually meet the two MCs, main characters, Ray and Kazuki. Then uh, it cuts the interrogation scene which is kind of dark in in an anime like this. Uh, uh, but then it gets kind of confusing and interesting uh, when Kazuki uh, receives a phone call about Miri being sick. But who the hell is Miri? You know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but, one, one thing I really enjoyed is that, like, the very beginning is, like, they're coming home from a job and Ray yeah. just has a cat. <laughs> and there's just cat food everywhere he's oh like that's God. not how you take care of a cat you don't just buy cat food <laughs> so uh kazuki actually takes the cat and puts it back in a box where ray found it i was so mad i was, that I was, was messed really, up yeah i was really pissed about that i'm an animal guy i've got a cat and two dogs like you don't do that man you keep no the cat. right once you bring the cat inside that's your cat no matter yeah. no matter what that, don't that's put your it back cat. in the box bro but you like put it on the street what are you doing <laughs> And then, but, then it, it pissed me off even more when, uh, when Kazuki, uh, when he was coming home from his job, he went and bought cat food and was going to take it back by and feed it to it. Like you should have just left it at home. Right. You know? 
but it's like crazy. going off that i think one of the funniest things is at the end of the first episode it's like so i can't have a cat but you can have a kid exactly <laughs> that's exactly what i would have said too oh yeah oh yeah i would have been a little bit angry about it though uh ray's yeah. a pretty chill guy i was gonna say as, as long as ray's got his video games he doesn't really care that's true yeah. that's true but Which I respect. We, we find out that that don't last long with mary comes into the picture so did you guys find any uh, characters particularly interesting? Any characters that lacked a lot in the first few episodes? Yeah, um, I mean, I think my two favorite probably so far, obviously, Mary Chan. Yeah. Of course. Just <laughs> watching her eat food just hits home for me. She just gets so happy. And that's me when I take a bite of something good. I totally like it just hit home. I was like, oh, my God, that's every kid. That's me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd have to say, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just saying, I really liked Ray. You know, I think he had a lot of growth in the first, I think I watched five episodes, so he grows a lot in the first five episodes. I'm not going to go into too many details, but he's a guy, you know. Season three, I mean, episode three, I think. Yeah, he has a lot of PG, some good personal growth. And that's important in the character. And then Kazuki's just, you know, running around like a mess, which is hilarious, because that would be me if you put a four-year-old in my life. <laughs> for more than, for the more than like eight hours. But for more than eight hours. I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this thing? <laughs> what about you, Tyler? Um, For me, the most uh, interesting character so far has been Ray as well. Uh, he's just a total badass that always cleans up Kazuki's mess no matter what. It doesn't even matter what's happening. He just comes in guns blazing. He's like Rambo, bro. Oh, yeah. Just a little different. He really is. I do love the fact that when he goes into assassin mode, he just puts his hair up into a man bun. He's ready to go. He's walking around shaggy as all hell. Then all of a sudden you see him in a job. I'm like, this dude kind of looks like he's looking pretty good. He cleans up good. And he just pulls like 17 guns out of his pockets and just (laughs) blasting. Running towards bullets. And I love how Kazuki like usually comes up with a plan and Ray's like, bro, we should just go through the front door, dog. What you on? And they end up they end up actually doing it. Yeah, even though he's like the, the plan fell apart, and I know what I'm doing. So let me take over. <laughs> Speaking of like uh, Ray's look, I can imagine if uh, who is in the Avatar uh, Sokka is that? Soka? Yeah, he does kind of got the Sokka yeah, flow going on. Yeah, imagine if imagine if he was like had the mentality of Ray. That would have been that would have like, hit hard. He'd have fifteen boomerangs on him at all times. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, just always going in guns blazing, boomerang blazing, <laughs> boomerang <me>. blazing. <laughs> He's but, not uh, even a firebender. <laughs> um, but for me uh, as well, the least interesting character so far, um, I would have to kind of say it's Ray as well, honestly. Because really? on the other hand, he's a badass. Uh, he's interesting, but. In most scenes up to season three, uh, episode three, um, he's just kind of in the background a lot and yeah, just he, standing there, and we don't really know a whole lot about him. He so, is very one dimensional currently so far. I will agree with that. In I, episode three, like, like I was telling Dan earlier, he actually, we start actually seeing Ray becoming part of the main interactions, and we actually see some background, some backstory on when he was a kid. So I'm hoping that it actually uh, like picks his character up some, because right now he's also he's the interesting character for me, and also the least interesting character for me. So. Okay. 
I think that's fair. I, I thought he was my most interesting just because they did give us that little bit of backstory about his childhood. Yeah. And I think they're saving his character for something. That's why that's why I thought he was the most interesting. Uh, Kazuki just doesn't see like while he is the more animated one out of out of the two, Ray and Kazuki, I don't find him that interesting. You know, no, we know for, what like he a laugh is. or anything, but like he just, eh. I don't know. He comes up with really fun plans. I feel like like the plan he comes he up with in the first episode is really fun. He he kind of gets emotional too. Um, he cares about Mary a lot, oh, as we see uh, when they are talking to the mother of Mary. Uh, only a name, of course. It seems like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes, and he, for sure. I, he kind of hits close to home for me, too, because he, he has a crippling gambling problem. And, you know. Big time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> he really does. Dude uh, lost his shirt. Who doesn't like to gamble every now and then, you know? I mean, I've I never lost my clothes, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about uh, setting limits. Yeah. With I like Kazuki, but I, I didn't. He's all right. He just didn't seem all that interesting to me. I, I like mean, what he does for the plot, yeah. but I don't like him. I guess I should he, say that. He's definitely yeah. funny. I, I enjoy watching him. I enjoy okay. it. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's kind of interesting because it, it, like, parallels Spy Family pretty well, in my opinion. So I guess, like, if you had to compare the two families, which one do you like more? For me, it's, uh, I, I enjoy uh, Lori than uh, Yor and Onion way better. Uh, I just that's more of like a slice of life uh, type of show over there um, which I enjoy it's got more romantic vibes going on um, which I'm a big fan of as well I, I just can't go wrong with Spy Family it's like the best of both worlds for me yeah I was gonna say I think I like the plot so far a little more in Buddy Daddies um, but I definitely like the character interactions more in Spy Family but and I mean, Anya is Anya just blows everybody out of the water. She is Anya one is of the, amazing. She's like one of the best characters of last year. I mean, yeah, like period. Which, so that, I mean, that's hard to like compare these two. Um, which I I don't think we're knocking Buddy Daddies. I, I really think this is a good show, but Spy Family not. is so much better. I right? Think. Yeah, Spy Family is is really up there right now. Buddy Daddies is definitely good. Um, if you guys want to go ahead and do ratings, I'm gonna start on it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give. Uh, Buddy Daddy's maybe like a 6.5. It's it's solid. It's solid. a little better than mid for me. It's solid. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see what else they do with this concept, honestly. Solid yeah. character, solid plot. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. You know, I'd probably give it a six, six and a half like you did. Um, I am interested to see where it goes. Um, but, you know, it's just it's one of those shows where it's light and it it just it kind of hits a good spot for me. It's not like going to be in my top 10 by any means or even my top 20 no. or 30 probably but it's it's fun it's something fun it's weekly right now um it just came out the sixth episode so if you guys want to catch up i think we're actually i think we're all in agreement on this that we're actually going to add it to the weekly rundown for the rest of season one yes yeah. sir i'm down for it uh, i want to see where it goes just just to have a little you know change of pace from one piece to my hero a little variety so <laughs> yes. yeah uh what about for you me Tyler? Uh, I'll probably give it like a low seven after three episodes. Uh, it, it may go higher as we go on, just depending on uh, how the plot goes and how Ray and uh, Kazuki and Mary's uh, character progress character progressions go. So, uh, 
I do think one of my favorite parts of the show so far is I don't think Tyler's there yet, but when they eventually get her, I mean, we said in the synopsis, when they eventually get her into the nursery school, the Mm -hmm. moms are the highlight of that entire episode. Oh, oh, it's hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) It's just like your classic, like, mom gossip in the background. They're like, she has two dads. They look rich. They look rich. They're hot. (laughs) It's just like fucking hilarious. Little do they know they are not rich. In fact, (laughs) but they are pretty good looking. Fucking bro. But yeah, guys, let's uh, Tyler, you want to hit us with our next segment here? Yes, sir. Um, So now we're going to go into the weekly rundown. And as y'all know, for the weekly rundown, we'll be discussing one piece episode 1051 first. Then moving on to My Hero Academia, episode 132. If you have not seen them, now is your time to pause the podcast or go watch them. Or you can skip ahead to our, our review of the movie Akira, a throwback from 1988. I'll give you all a few seconds to do what you got to do. And I know that catching up to One Piece is no easy chore, but it's not no. a chore. It is a fucking delight. If you, you haven't watched it yet. I believe in you. We believe in you. If I could do it all over again, I would love to watch One Piece for the first time. Just kind of sidebar here, but have you guys ever seen those TikToks going around? And it's like, would you have your best friend die to rewatch One Piece again? And it's like Keanu Reeves sitting there crying with a glass of wine with like Robin sitting next to him at a table. (laughs) (laughs) The choices, bro. Don't make me make this choice. That's nuts. That's Sorry, a crazy Bass. question to ask Sorry, somebody. Sorry, oh, Bass. no, not like this. <laughs> not like this. I'm about to stay away from you, dog. <laughs> magic, dude. <laughs> well, uh, if y'all still here, uh, first up, we're going to talk about One Piece 1051 titled A Legend All Over Again. Luffy's Fist Roars in the Sky. Um, I actually love this episode way more uh, action in it compared to the last few episodes, to be honest. Meaningful events actually take place as well. Um, what's your first uh, take on this episode, Dan? Yeah, so uh, if you guys listened last week, I had some strong opinions on the animation. I'm not a big fan of CGI dragons going at it, but One Piece came back so strong this week. Like So strong. So strong. I mean... Hybrid form Kaido is back, and that might be my favorite character design in all the One Piece at this point. He goes hard. Like, yeah. there's no one. Okay. Doflamingo is menacing, but, like, some of the animation they've had on Kaido with the close-ups, it's like, this dude is the strongest creature in the world. There's no he doubt in my mind. He looks straight up scary. He looks He's, straight up scary. Yeah. I, if I, that was in front of me, I'd be, I'd be pissing my pants. Terrified. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be like Momo, for sure. <laughs> don't say that Tyler don't say that <laughs> I'd be dead so I mean I, I, I'm not a giant dragon I can't fly away I'm similar to the main character Subaru in ReZero I'm just an average dude I would be fucked yeah we just I guess we just cry I guess you know I don't even know if I yeah. could cry dude all the, all the liquid inside of me would be in my pants <laughs> um, I mean for me the hybrid form is definitely my favorite as well um, out of the Kaido forms uh, he just looks he just looks like a badass see yeah I, I'm gonna have to go with his like full dragon form really? um, just it's so it's I don't think the actual design is better 
than his like humanoid dragon human form, right? Yeah. But I'm just like imagining myself being on a battlefield and this singular man turns into a big ass <laughs> dragon that's hundreds of meters long. It's like it's over it would be overwhelming. You can fight one person, but this thing's three hundred meters long. Like you're just like looking around, you're like, okay, like so this is over. This is just done. I guess you got to think about it like this, though. Imagine taking the power of that 100-meter dragon and putting it in, like, a 30-foot-tall dude. Look, man, you look at war, present, and past, intimidation is a large part of it. They're both what fucking if, intimidating. What, <laughs> what if the dragon was pink? Less intimidating. But it's still <laughs> a 300-meter yeah. tra- dragon, especially if it's crying. You know, I'm not really afraid of it if it's yeah, crying. It's, it's really weird that, you know, Momo ate the fruit, and instead, I mean, it's there's a whole thing about it later in the manga, but... um. The Azure Dragon should not be pink. Just putting that out there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I loved I loved that. I love that hybrid Kaido is back. Um, one of my favorite scenes from this episode was the clash between Luffy and Kaido, where they framed it in comparison to Roger and Whitebeard going back at going at it in the form of Odin's logbook. I was like, holy fuck! Yeah, it was, yeah. It was the same same. Same, it just same. blew me away. I thought I it mean, was awesome. Um, so do do we think Luffy's like officially at, at Yonko level? Like, is that what that means? You know, I is think, that our threshold right there? I think he's been at Yonko level, to be you honest. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's been one v one, one v oneing uh, Kato, and uh, I well, mean Yamato did winning. as well. But he he was actually making progress on him. So right, right. Yeah, this most recent fight has been a lot better than the first couple. He got the first time he faced uh, him, he he got one one shotted. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Way back beginning of Wano, yeah, yeah, he got he got he got, got dogged on. But I think Luffy's just been growing so much in the last, you know, all these fights, and especially with the last one. I mean, he didn't learn how to coat conquer his hockey until he was mid fight with Kaido. Like, and now he's just up there, like, oh, this is cake, just. Pulls it out, hits the Ryu, and he's like, boom, bitch, get out the way. You know, my uh, Dan was saying his uh, favorite part of the, this episode. My favorite part was when Yamato asked Luffy if he wanted to uh, fight him solo. And Luffy smiled and said yes. Dude, that was my favorite part. That smile okay. is contagious. <laughs> that was like, my if favorite you watched part. that and you didn't have a big ass shit eating grin on your face like come on man come on like, <laughs> yamato knows it's like luffy wants to be alone up here let's go yeah, momo let's, let's let's get up out of here let this man handle this <laughs> let's go try to teach you how to fly bro right <laughs> and you're a dragon of, right and speaking of that man how about my man monomusuke skywalker kozuki coming Ooh. up big you know what I'm saying? He's walking on the sky now. He, he's he's feeling big. He was crying a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but I think he's coming into his own, and I think that's going to be good to see. I'm, I'm excited for that. I Man. absolutely loved the scene where Momo was falling, and he just starts thinking back to Kinemon and Kiku, and they went yeah. with that crazy animation where it was like black and gold. Yeah, and like the lines, yeah. And the lines, and he just starts grabbing onto flame clouds. Oh, my God. And then when it ends that, it goes just the fire clouds everywhere. It's like, holy shit. This is fucking incredible, dude. Yes. yes. Also, another thing from during that time when he was getting like a crash course and how to fly and falling and stuff, uh, the song that comes on, 
Yes. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. That's I was when so you know it's amped. going to be okay, bro. When that song plays, everything <laughs> is going to be okay. I was just you know. What song was it? I don't remember. It's like the classic the, One Piece. Da, 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 da. Oh, like the, the, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to sing it, but it's like the classic yeah. One Piece like music. Like, triumph, you know, triumph time, victory. Yeah, time. I heard that. I know what music you're talking about. Now, I don't yeah. think we've heard that in like. It's been it's a minute. It's been a while. God knows it's been how a long. While. And but like, when we hear it, we know we know shit's fixing to you know get get wild. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, dude! I straight up got goosebumps when I came on. I was like, "Holy shit, here we go, baby! This is it! <laughs> this is it!" Um, <laughs> uh, my, um, my only sticking point about the episode, um, I hate when they start doing the auras. I feel like they overdo them a little bit. Um, it was towards the end of the episode, and like Luffy and Kaido like powered up, and I felt like they were going Super Saiyan. I know a yeah. lot of different animes do auras, but it's it. I, w- I hope I wish they would just like ease off of it a little bit. Well, used to used to it actually be wor- it used to be worse than that. And, oh yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of people uh, complained about it as well, like uh, that. And they actually turned it down a lot. They did. They so did. they could they could they could uh they could do turn away it down with. a little bit more. You said yeah, I well, think they could do away with it. I, I think it's really interesting because if you remember back in. I don't remember what arc it is, it's, but it's when Shanks goes to meet Whitebeard and they clash and the clouds, you know, they crack the sky essentially yeah. like Luffy right. and Kaido did in this episode, mm-hmm. but there was nothing there. But I was really thinking it was cool, like going back to it because I was like, wait, we didn't know about hockey back then. No. Right. So maybe like Oda just wasn't animating it back then because it was kind of like, we don't know what's going on here, you know? Yeah. But I mean, all the lightning and shit, that was badass. I think I just, I understand what you're saying about the auras, but like, keep the lightning. I mean, the, the, lightning, the lightning and stuff sweet. is fine, but I don't, we don't, I don't feel like it needs auras. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like it yeah. needs it. I do like the animation they do when he uses uh, the Wano form of Hockey Ryu. I think like that's important. Uh, an important glowing, that's yes. cool. But yes. when it's like when the Luffy's, full body aura, it's like, okay, yeah. what, what's really the point of this, man? Maybe there's a point later that I don't know about, but I, for right now, I'm like, eh, on it. No, I can that's my, that. that's really uh, my only complaint. I thought this was a banger. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh speaking of the heavens cracking open, skies cracking open, uh which actually caused all the clouds that was covering the moon to disappear out of the way, which also means Cat Viper and Duke Darkstorm over here was able to enter the Sulong form again. What y'all think about that? Oh man, I love that. You know, like I think that's like a really cool byproduct of it because Luffy had no idea. No, right? And I didn't see that either. They don't either. They don't know. And all of a sudden, I love the line from Cal Viper, and it was like, ah, guess luck's on my side or something along (laughs) the lines of that. And then he just one taps Peril Sparrow with Odin single sword style feline frenzy, and I was like, yes, you love to see it, man. Duke Darkstorm hit Jack with the cannon cleaver, Odin one sword style as well. Like that, would, it's crazy for both, you know, main headliner uh, people, Perro Sparrow uh, and Jack, to be down with one hit after they turn into Sulong again. That was crazy for me, but uh, it's so I felt like it's much needed at this time. Definitely, and it it wrapped up some plot points that have been around for a long time, too. I mean, God, going back 
the whole cake island and going back to uh the zoark i mean that's yeah, pedro retribution oh, 300 episodes it, ago they yeah. it. Like, been a while. Mm-hmm. it was really awesome to see those get tidied up finally after all this time and see oh. that the the good guys came out on top finally yes yeah. yes I Peros, think we were Peros, all waiting Paul on that for a very, very long time. Yep, yep. Uh, we also seen uh, Orochi. What's he? What's he doing up there? Is he hiding? Man, Being a slime ball. Is he, he just chilling slime there? Ball. You know he got bitch in his blood. He always hiding. I mean, he's a we slime ball dude. We haven't seen him in a minute, and next thing we know, he's up here like, "Oh, Jack fell, Jack fell," but it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna stay hiding over here, I guess. Right. <laughs> my little corner bro <laughs> what uh i mean what do you what do you guys think his plan is like is he gonna try to take power after the after the end of the fight when everybody's hurting or like what do you, you guys think he's just hiding it out until you can escape i think oh, yeah. i think yeah i was go oh, ahead go for it. i was oh, gonna say i think he's i think he's gonna try to hide out to escape because i mean yeah he's got a mythical dragon fruit too comes the five-headed dragon or whatever but like Imagine like you're that goofy looking thing, and all of a sudden you see Momo in his full dragon form. Like, nah, I ain't fucking with that. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. He's I think he's I think he's wise hidden. enough to leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, throw that I, man in. Throw that man in a pot of oil. Retribution, yeah. baby. He needs to be. I mean, we getting bro, our licks back. All the people, all the people have suffered under his and uh, Kaido's rule, so he don't get uh he don't get no mercy from me respect so after this episode where do you guys think we're going in the next one before the break any ideas uh honestly i think that i think they're gonna focus more on uh zoro and sanji next episode i don't think we're gonna get much from the rooftop to be honest yeah that's the same idea i have i had I think it'll be nice to uh, tie up some of the other loose ends before they get to the big brawl with Kaido and Luffy and wherever yeah. that's going. And we no still spoilers. got a uh, big mom down there fighting a uh, kid and law as well that we True. haven't really seen a whole lot happening uh, lately. So, yeah I, yeah, I think like the best progression for it would be take down the other two lead performers and then you could see, well, if law and everyone can take down big mom you know i'm not sure if if they've got any i mean big mom is big mom she, she's terrifying oh yeah, she I mean, really is and, and you saw you heard in the episode her, her say oh kaido it must be getting interesting up there yeah uh, you must be having a lot of fun and that kind of made me think is, is, is kaido starting to get you know to where he's going all out and he's really trying to trying to delete some of these people up there you know but yet to be seen but i, I don't know about them beating big mom if she's actually focused and trying to trying her hardest, I think she's a tough one. Yeah, it is a two for one though, and I mean, those that two are true. those two are pretty close to Luffy's level, if not on it. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Law has the most. That thing's so ri- broken, for ridiculous <laughs> devil fruit there is in the Opa Opa no Me. <laughs> yeah, I think Kid and Law is definitely definitely gonna have to work together in order to have a chance against Big Mom. And we all know that Kid is kind of egotistical, I guess you can say, kind of. Yeah, so, I was, yes. was going to say, Kid doesn't want to work with nobody. It's going to be interesting. And Law's, you know, just kind of cocky, I guess. You can, I would I'd say, say he's the most like, level-headed one out of the, the... Yeah, 
but he's also a little bit cocky, honestly. He is. So, uh, Unless he's talking to Do Flamingo, then he's a little boy. <laughs> That's his daddy. That is, is his daddy. <laughs> well, I guess uncle. Uh, I'm going back at the uh, end of the episode uh, with Kato telling Luffy that he's going to die there. And Luffy responds, you know, uh, by leveling up, like uh, Dan, uh, Bass was saying. And then Kato does the same and announced that he's going to give Luffy a special treat. What do we think that special treat is? A knuckle sandwich or what? <laughs> no, no spoilers. Okay, okay. I just think he's going to actually start really trying to, Kato, like I said, beat beat the crap out of that man. Kaido has a very interesting uh, fighting style. I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's it's hard to talk about these that kind of thing with you guys because you read the manga, but well, that's the funny is. thing is we. I mean, I read the manga so long ago that like the order of everything is not fresh. Okay, okay. So like I know what happens, but I don't know which is coming where and everything like that. And at the same time, some of these things happen simultaneously. That if the anime did want to, they could rearrange some of the fights a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean everything is happening at the same time. So if they want to do it in a certain order to bring certain um. I guess, like, emphasis to something they could. Because, I mean, when, you know, Sanji and Zoro are fighting the other two lead performers, Luffy and Kaido aren't just sitting there fucking talking shit. Like, they're they're fighting, you know? <laughs> so they're not twiddling their thumbs? No, they're playing sure? cards. They're playing cards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, dude, do we think that uh, Momo is actually going to be able to stop Onigashimas from landing on the flower capital? Do we think that uh, Yamato is actually going to teach him and he's going to be able to stop stop it? I don't know if he's going to stop it, but I don't think it's going to land on the flower capital. Because I'll actually note, uh, I'll actually uh, note as well that if Luffy does happen to take down Kaido, like, what what is... Holding up Onigashimas, it is Kaido. So, right. Uh, obviously, Momo would have to um, somehow manage to keep it afloat if that situation happened. Uh, I, I'm not. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, as of right now, I'm not sure if he could do it or not. Uh, yeah, honestly, I guess that's like what I'm saying is like I, I don't know if he's going to actually stop it, but it's not going to hit the flower capital. I think that would just be way over the top for the story that one piece is yeah you know that's a lot of that's a whole city of people just getting well not crushed, even that. right think you about all the people inside leading the ins- or the rebellion i guess sort of yeah like that, that's that's worst case scenario i mean so. there's 500 samurai there's everybody in there as well who haven't died yet you know whoever hasn't died but they're mm-hmm. all still in there and i mean momo ain't got a big enough back to take everybody out right 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 and, what are your uh, thoughts we- on it Tyler? Uh I just is it's it's kind of hard to talk about it honestly oh, uh like Dan was saying uh without getting into like spoilers and stuff uh, I just I think I think he's going to struggle uh, it's Momo Momo always going to struggle bro <laughs> no matter what he does yeah he, he drives anything. the struggle bus so and in classic one piece fashion Boom! To be continued. 
but yeah um what i mean do y'all have anything else on one piece or no i think i'm good i think i'm ready to move on to my hero yeah fast let's do it oh hell yeah uh so now we're gonna go to my hero academia episode 132 titled full power in this episode we're still learning about the uh aftermath of the failed raid on the league of villains we also get to kind of see what deku has been up to since he left ua uh this episode starts off strong for me with some great action-packed moments uh what's your thoughts on 132 dan oh i absolutely loved this episode like if the entire so this arc is called the dark hero arc Mm -hmm. if this episode is any precursor to what's coming we are in for like potentially peak my hero academia i'm not saying peak anime but like peak my hero you know, I'm like, yeah i might have to agree with you on that um seems like uh midoriya has a little bit better control over his powers a lot better um, a lot. we've seen some we've seen some really good both personal growth and and growth in power from him um and him having to kind of like clean up the streets on his own I think that's like their sweet spot right now until we get into the next phase of this story. I think it's a really good place for them to be in right now. Cause I personally kind of needed a little bit of this. Um, like I've told you guys in the past and you know, Adoria is not, not even close to being my favorite MC. I've been kind of not so fond of him, but seeing him in this past episode, I can see him moving up a little bit for sure. He's definitely done like a lot of maturing. It seems like so. It's it's uh, it's exciting to see dark Deku type type of shit over here. So definitely mm-hmm. one of the things I thought was kind of interesting. He's kind of like a dick now. Like, Someone he, he just kind of shows up, does his thing, drops him off, and he goes to meet all all my, and he's just like, oh, danger sense, see you, bitch, and just goes off and does his own thing again. Like it's just kind of weird. It's a weird change, you know. It is. It, it definitely is. is. I think it's out of a lot of that, at least on the part where he's like saving people and jetting, it's necessity. Yeah. You know, he's using the, 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 the smoke power there. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Smoke screen. Smoke. Wow. Okay. I'll get that <laughs> next time for sure. <laughs> but uh, he's using smoke screen a lot. And, and, you know, even as uh, Ann said a little too much. Well, I mean, yeah. we see, we see that like the people are trying to band together and fight against villains. And they're actually, refusing help from heroes and even the heroes that are around like we see uh grand and turtleneck at the beginning of the episode uh they're no match for people they're no match for some villains uh, it's like Jajo, jajanto machia i'll get it i know muscular <laughs> i'll get it here in a minute i'll get it here in a minute boys <laughs> you're um, all good brother uh, they're really no match for muscular and the people, uh, they definitely no match for muscular. And I just feel like Deku has his hands full because he's one of the more powerful superheroes out there. And he's got to go save all these newbies that's running around trying to protect the people who don't even want help anymore. Right. So, it was a, it was good to see like the comparison of like the UA high school to the that other high school. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Dan Paul has got it. Ketsubutsu. Ketsubutsu. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um it was it's really cool like to see how far behind they were the the guys at UI, U, U high. 
They, well, they you are. excuse me. Well, it's kind of one of the crazy things is like you don't you don't think about the other schools, but they haven't been having the events that UA has had right. because of Midoriya being there. So they haven't been put in real life situation after real life situation after real life situation. I mean, that's they're actual year. just high school students, like normal high school students. That yeah, yeah. That, that's a third year. Our two third years who are probably going to go be like D level D level heroes down the line. But also, mm-hmm. isn't like UA like top notch? Like, isn't it like a top it tier is. school? It is. It's the best yeah, one they're, compared they're to uh, the other yeah. ones. So, I mean, you're obviously going to have better heroes there. So, as well, for sure. But I thought it was good for them to actually put that in the story and say, yeah. "Hey, not everybody's built like Class One A or or Class even One B. They're not built like that out here, and so they're going to have to get some help. And really, the heroes aren't ready. I thought that was cool." Yeah, I definitely thought it was really cool to see the callback to both muscular and uh, grand and turtleneck because it really showed how much overpowered Deku has gotten in such a short time. I mean, like, he's got that dog in him, and you don't really think about it because you're always comparing him to Bakugo and everybody else, Shoto and everyone else, and all of a sudden you're comparing him to a third year, and it's like, oh, these guys got nothing on Deku. It's not the same thing. Nothing. Um. what did you guys think about that callback, though, bringing those two back and muscular to start the arc? I thought that was awesome. Well, I was actually kind of worried when I seen uh, muscular was the first villain that we see Deku, you know, fight after his coma. Because during his first fight with him in the forest training camp arc, Deku used 100% full power multiple times and didn't do anything. It was only after he went plus ultra which was due to Kota's inspiration that he was able to beat him. Um, but this time, it was way different. It seems uh, he didn't even really try at all. He just basically showed up. Just yeah, that was light work. And Finn just turned him in. Uh, like I, There was no need for me to worry. It didn't seem like cause Deku's on a much higher level at this point than he was. Um, yeah, I so. think, I think him having to go from, you know, a hundred percent to 45% sure there was some limitations because of some of the gear he was using. But if you think about it during that fight, he did exactly what he was thought, uh, what, what he was taught at, at, uh, UA high school. Um, he got the villain away from everybody that was in danger and he handled the situation and he did it. It was quick. You know, he tried to get to understand him a little bit, but he was like, man, this guy's, this guy's just crazy, bro. This guy's just nuts. And he was like, all right, let's finish this. I'm going to knock you out now. Yeah, this guy's just out for blood, you know? Yeah. So. Well, one thing I really enjoyed in classic, you know, Midoriya fashion is that he recalled that Grand had used his vibration attack on him, which loosened yeah. up the muscles. So he was able to find the weak point and actually just go in with 45%, just pwn him, absolutely destroy him, you know? Like, yeah. It's just bringing that battle smarts. And I think that's one of the cool things with uh, Deku and One for All is that All Might just smash shit. You know, he was just yes. like, I'm here to smash shit. But Deku's a lot hard. more strategic. He has to be. He thinks so. about that. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's that's really, that's his personality. That's who he is. From the moment he showed up at the at UA. So he knew dude, everybody. He knew their weaknesses, their strengths. Yeah, and that's I how mean, he plays. Yeah. He he had to be the guy that researched and uh, did the extra work because he was quirkless and the quirk that he you know acquired 
uh, literally killed his body when he uses it. So he has to use his mind uh, to make up for that. Yes, sir. And I, I got a question for for your for you guys. Um, so, uh, in the six user of one for all, um, now that they can actually kind of just talk to him whenever it seems like, he said that even though possessing the past user's quirks, they weren't you know they weren't set up to like give him like ultimate moves or anything like that. Uh, does it, does that kind of like change how you guys think about how one for all works? Does that add anything more interesting to you guys, or do you? Is it change the view of like the power itself for you guys? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the quirks he has right now, and I actually had a note in here to talk about it. So he's got one for all, which is stockpiling. He's got danger yep. sense, which allows him to sense danger. Black whip, which is great for movement as well as containing a villain. Float and smoke screen, and it's kind of like none of those are. I mean, black whip can be used offensively, and one for all obviously can, but. The rest mm-hmm. of those, they're not really offensive quirks. And the way he uses them as tools to, in unison, really, really just, like, speaks to how smart he is when it comes to actually using the quirk correctly. And, I mean, that's something that All Might never did. All Might was just, I'm, I'm going to smash the shit. United States of Smash, baby, let's go, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I thought mean, that was awesome. I think, I think we've seen uh, all these uh, quirks from... The one for all users uh, being used as tools in the fight against muscular. I mean, not all of them, but some of some of them. And I think that's why he was able to take care of muscular so easily because he was using them as tools and not ultimate moves. Uh, so I'm excited to see him actually face uh, people, villains that are more on his level and him put these tools to use like they should be so yeah i mean at this point how many how many villains do you think are actually on his level besides one for all and shigaraki like uh not not a whole not a whole lot i mean people some villains could probably um like pushing to his limits uh because deku which we don't know now with the dark Deku. Uh, we don't know if he's dark able Deku. to um, I like that. Yeah. I mean, we don't know if how used to Deku, he would be hesitant to actually hurt someone majorly. Uh, but now I think that he's willing to do it if he wants to save people. So what do y'all That's think? That's true. I think he doesn't even have an option at this point. Yeah. I mean, look at how the world is. It's, it's in ruins. It's in, literally in ruins. Yeah, um, the only the thing downfall of heroes right now. So Yeah. So he's got to pick up a lot of slack here, especially with a lot of the older guys retiring. Um, not having like a, a set ultimate move did kind of make me a little worried for, for uh, Midoriya. Um, I think he's going to be smart enough to use all of these quirks he has. Um properly but when you're talking about you know all for one and shigaraki you're gonna have to have a a a stop button i feel at some point so i'm I'm a little worried for him but i thought it was really cool that that the uh all the previous users could actually just talk to him now give him advice about what's going on because that's a lot of battle knowledge that is a lot of battle knowledge oh and that counts for something accounts for a lot actually 
definitely you know i think right now his ultimate is probably detroit smash i mean that's what he that's what he finishes off a lot of bottles with you know true true. but it's not at full power yet so that kind of one thing i was thinking is kind of really interesting is like so we've seen obviously one for all we've seen smokescreen float black whip and danger sense so there's nine users total two of them were quirkless so we should have another two quirks coming out. Do you think those are going to be ones that help him find that ultimate move? And if you guys could guess, what do you think he's going to get? Oh, my God. That's such a big question. Uh, the second part of that question. I feel yeah. like at least one of those has to be offensive in a way. Because like you just said a few minutes ago, I mean, almost everything he has, except for his, you know, his super duper strength is defensive. You know, it, 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 he has uh, smoke screen. Black Whip is just a restraint tool. Um, you can you can beat some people up with it. Uh, Danger sense is completely defenseless. Um, so I think one has to be offensive. But as far as saying what quirk it might be, man, there's so many. The creators have been yeah. so like creative with it. I, I can't I can't tell you that part. I mean, yeah. there's quirks for everything right now. Um, it's no really stopping what a quirk can do in, in today's world and my hero academia. So I I have no idea. I can't even begin to think what kind of quirk that we're going to see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, like thinking about it, you know, it's definitely not going to be. I mean, there's some crazy quirks. I mean, think like Orca and Froppy with her frog quirk. Like, I don't think he's going to get one of those. But like the two guesses I could have is something to augment offense, you know, power level or something like that as well as potentially speed because like while he's extremely fast with all for one, I feel or one for all, I feel like he could get to the next level. And I mean, there's those, those two weirdos just sitting in the back of the room with their head against the wall, you know? Yeah. I could see a speed, uh, a speed thing going on. Um, but as far as everyone, um, like an attack, uh, quirk, I don't think the speed would count as an attack quirk. Would do you? I, I would say speed is a great offensive tool. Yeah, I wouldn't call it an attack work, so. but it's a good offensive tool. It's also a good defensive tool. I mean, if he gets into a situation that he can't win, he can run away. So I think that'll be interesting to see if that comes in down the line. But th- that's kind of my two guesses. I I had a long plane ride last night. Well, this morning, yeah. I guess. So I was just <laughs> kind of spitballing. time to think, yeah. I, also, think, I think speed can. I mean, speed is so versatile. Um, I definitely think it can be an offensive tool. But uh, like you said, Dan, it, it can be defensive as well. If you can be somewhere quicker than your enemy, you can do a lot of things to him. Even in like in boxing, speed's a thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, MMA, I mean, you, you gotta have you gotta have some speed too. You gotta be able to move around and get around your opponent. Well, it's yeah. like I mean, if he's if he's gonna be the ultimate hero, he's probably got to be faster than uh, oh, what's his buddy's name? The jet engine cord uh, in his yeah. legs. Yeah, yeah. And Bakugo, uh, he's got to be faster than those guys. Yeah, I yeah. I so. can't think of his name. That's not my. He's gonna be faster than those guys, though. I mean, like. It's just a thought, you know, it's something that he doesn't have yet. And if he's going to be the ultimate culmination of all of this, you know, I just think that's something that could come into play. I just thought it was an interesting question. Also, um, we also learned that uh, during his last fight, uh, he his arms didn't take uh, as much damage because uh, he was using, I think, Black Whip to reinforce from the inside. Is that correct? I don't think it was Black Whip. Yeah, he got a piece of tech from somebody that like covered uh, his body. But they said so that, that was too. But they also the said they also said that uh, he was using his quirks to, or his body was being reinforced from the inside out, or something like that. 
Did they not say that? Yeah, so subconsciously, God knows how the hell he pulled this one off. He was using Black Whip in that fight to reinforce his arms. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the mid gauntlets came in after. That was something that All Might got from America before the uh Yeah, he was using that against down. muscular. Um, he wasn't using that in the fight against uh, Shigaraki and the boys. Okay. Okay. How do you how do you guys feel about the Avengers Justice League-esque team up that we got at the end of the episode with the three top heroes, All Might and Deku? Did you guys like that? I definitely got the Avengers vibes right there. Um, I think it's gonna be fucking sick. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got to. The world's in a bad place right now. Like they gotta work together to, you know, take down some of the big dogs. Um, but I, we'll see how it goes. I was kind of laughing. I was like, it's 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 like the Avengers and the fact that there's all these badasses, and then there's All Might, who's just like a walking skeleton <laughs> at this point. He's basically just Black Widow kicking shit. <laughs> What's your superpower? I kick things. I motivate my teammates. Another uh, another thing that uh, was a huge surprise to me, and also is a huge help to Deku, I think, and will be in the future as well. It can be counted as a tool, you would say, his ability to talk to the past wielders. That's like OP. Honestly. Oh, definitely, yeah. It is. Yeah. Definitely. What, what so it's kind of funny. So I mean with all this action and everything, it's it's I think it's hilarious that my favorite scene this entire episode was when it's just Hawks Endeavor and Best Genus. And Best Genius is talking to All Might on the phone. <laughs> and he's holding know. the phone like a total goober. <laughs> like, looks like an idiot. He's just got Hawks over there. The way he holds that phone is so fucking cool, dude. And I'm like, oh my god, Hawks, you're an idiot. <laughs> that was Hawks some good comic relief idiot. right there. <laughs> oh. And it's good to see that, you know, my hero isn't going to lose that. Because that's been a big part of the show, you know. It's always had a light, funny side to it. And we're getting to such a serious part of the story. It's good to see that they're still going to include that. Uh, speaking of serious parts of uh, My Hero, um, let's go to uh, when Hawk said that if the enemies who broke into Tartarus are completely ready to fight, then it's all over. That's that's pretty that's pretty dark. What do y'all What do y'all think about that? You think it's true? Um, I'm I'm not too sure. I think they may be ready for them. I think they may be. Are, I mean, obviously they're already getting prepared. But I'm not sure they'll be able to surprise them. I think they'll be expecting a, a surprise attack from them. Yeah, I think on a certain level, you know, with no moves and everything like that, like, I think they can handle that situation. But I don't know with All for One and Shigaraki, man, that is that is probably the biggest baddie they've seen in like 30 years. And I don't know if they're ready for that without Deku getting a full handle on his uh, power and be able to use essentially 100 percent of it, you know? I'm with Dan. Like he, like the if the villains, like they they surprised the villains hardcore in the last raid, and you see how it turned out. They was doing pretty well until the very end, and they just got their, you know, ass handed to them, uh, very fast. And uh, so imagine if the villains actually know that they're coming, and you're not going to be able to sneak attack them anymore right now. Yeah, and, I don't think so. And then, well, I don't think they're gonna have that opportunity, man. I think they're playing yeah. defense right now. Like they're 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 down to to nothing, you know, in the third period of a hockey game right now, worried about it. And they gotta uh 
they got to play a little defense here and see what they can do to get the offense up. Because right now, nobody can. I mean, Shigaraki was at 70%. Yeah. When yeah, they fought the first even, time, and he, he was unconscious, complete. just fucking shit yeah. up. Like, so what if he has time to heal and, like, become 100%? Who, who's stopping him besides Deku? And Deku, no one, Deku can't even stop him right now, I don't think. So, not by himself. No. Well, like so I guess we got to see what those last two quirks are and see if they can get him up to 100%. Because, I mean,. I think 100% Deku is going to be god tier. You know, that's going to be like Saitama fucking level of I can just punch anything and they're dead. But he's got to get there. You know, that's yes. the thing. Yeah, be that, interesting that's to see the hardest he, part for him. It'll be interesting to see how he continues to progress and grow as a hero and as the main character of the show. So, And I think uh, if they're going to have a chance, uh, Endeavor um, is, is going to have to move past, uh, you know, freezing up when he sees his son. He's definitely going to have to face him and um, try to fight him and move past that situation because Deku's not going to be able to take on uh, everyone. When he, he's Shigaraki, he's going to have he's going to have his hands full. Yeah, I was going to say I th- I think that portion with fighting um, his son, I think that's going to be Shoto's battle. Honestly, you think so? You think, I think it's going to? Yeah, I think Endeavor's going to do. Uh, um, well, if if the anime continues to be awesome, I think Endeavor might die, and that might be in that battle, and that mm. might push Shoto. You know, that's just a thought. I mean, Ooh, I haven't read be, this or anything, so that'd be spicy. That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, it'd be, it'd be sad, it. but it would be fucking awesome. I mean, that would push what... Shoto to the next level. I mean, Shoto. I mean, besides one for all, might have the most powerful quirk combination in the world. You know, and. I mean, with Endeavor, uh, the people, the public, don't really like him right now. Some might say that they want to see him gone, so they might get their wish, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, and I think the funny thing about Endeavor is he has a stamina problem, right? That's true. Yeah, he has a big stamina problem, which is the whole reason he made this family he has right now. Um, So I don't don't think... Wow. Um, I think that he he can fight for a short amount of time with uh, all for one or or uh, Shigaraki. I don't think he's going to be able to finish them. I think I think he could start off with both uh, Shoto and Endeavor going after Shigaraki, but Endeavor's not going to be there at the end of that fight. Guarantee it. Definitely. Uh, why do y'all think that Deku is actually using like the smoke screens uh, and the presence of the public or the other heroes? Do you think it's because he don't want the main villains to know where he's at and he's just keeping a low profile? Or he just don't want the public to know uh, who's bringing in all these uh, villains? I think it's the second part. I think he's trying to maintain a low profile, especially with... You know, Shigaraki looking for him, especially since he has, um, I can't remember the cat girl's quirk that lets her see everything and where people are. But I think he's trying to keep a low profile, and I think he's trying to demonstrate that, you know, there are heroes out there. But he doesn't want it to be essentially one person's a hero like All Might. Like, he wants it to bring back hero society, if that makes sense. Yeah, it it does. It does. And I think he, yeah, he has to conceal who he is because, I mean, he would just get attacked. 
Yeah, definitely, man. They, they close, they'd run up on him really quick, and the story would be over. Oh, definitely, man. And uh, I, I really enjoyed the uh, scene with Gran Torino and Deku, talking to Deku, um, when he tells him that sometimes in order to save someone, you have to kill them. Don't forget that. Don't be stubborn. And he also gives him his yellow cape. Uh, does this mean he's passing the torch on to Deku, kind of? Trusting him to find a way to stop Shigaraki and Sh- uh, for uh, for him and Shimura? Well, I was going to say, I think that was Shimura's scarf yeah. originally. So I thought it was awesome that he passed it off to Deku. Yeah, and Deku's like wearing it. Uh, so I, I found that pretty interesting and pretty awesome, honestly. As he, it seems like he's passing the torch to him. Like it's your responsibility now. Just remember, though, um, sometimes in order to save them, you have to kill them. Just like what Shimura, Shimura was uh, talking about when they was in the coma. So definitely for sure. Awesome. Do you guys want to move on to our movie review? Let's do uh, it, man. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, this week we decided to watch Akira, which is a 1988 classic film. Uh, basically, the point of it is um, the Japanese government drops an atomic bomb on Tokyo after ESP experiments on children go terribly wrong. Uh, in 2019, thank God this hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> 31 years after nuking the city, um, Kaneda, a bike leader, tries to save his friend Tetsuo from a secret government project, blah, 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 blah. There's a bunch of crazy anti-government activists, greedy politicians, very irresponsible scientists. And basically, it's just kind of a whole story about how Tetsuo is one of these ESP individuals. He's an expert, and he kind of just goes off the rails. So what did you guys think about the movie? Did you guys enjoy the overall story of it? Um. Yeah, like I I recently watched it uh just today actually uh this morning um and for me the first opinions on it is that it started out really fast and intense which I normally like uh but in doing so I felt like it did hurt my ability to figure out which character was which and what exactly was going on um I was I was a little I was a fan of it but I just didn't really know what was going on, but that's that's fine because um, around the 20, 25 minute mark, uh, once things started slowing down a little bit, you actually start figuring out who was who and also kind of what's going on. So they made up for it. Um, but the first part of it was, like I said, very intense and a lot of action. Like I had a hard time uh, trying to figure out, trying to keep up with what was going on. What did y'all think about the... Yeah, I think it took to about the 25-minute mark for me to, like, really get into it because, like you said, there was a lot of action to start off. Um, I think it was trying – at the time, I was like, okay, this has got to go somewhere, like, quickly, or I'm going to need to come back to this. Um, But I think what they were trying to illustrate was just how chaotic the society was. It was not well put together um, and kind of just tell us, you know, this this world is doomed no matter what. You know, it's it's just not going well right now. But after we started getting some story, about probably like the 40-minute mark, I started getting a little bit more into it. 
We actually started figuring out some names, you know. So instead of just (laughs) cutting to a bunch of characters, people peeking around corners and you know, people getting shot, I was like, I don't know what any of this is. Like what is what's going on right now? Why do I care if these people get shot, bro? Exactly. What what does it even mean? Yeah. (laughs) Uh what about you, Dan? What'd you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed how fast-paced it was at the beginning. I mean, it really just kind of sucks you, and you're like, holy shit, this is again right off the get-go. Like, oh, let's go, baby. And um, I guess I have, a, I have a knack for picking up character names pretty quick and kind of figuring out who is the main guy and who is not. And, I mean, the focus on Tetsuo and Kaneda kind of continued through the film, but it was tough with some of the side characters and knowing if they were going to be relevant down the line. I mean his biker gang buddies were there for the majority of it, but they didn't really have like a major spot in the plot, I guess, you know? Yeah. I initially thought, uh, uh, Canada, Canada. Uh, I'm not sure which one is, I'm just going to say Canada. Uh, So, um, (laughs) yeah, uh, I thought he was the main character, but it actually turns out that I think, uh, Tetsuo is actually the main character is what it seems like. Um, after watching the whole movie, do y'all agree? Um, it was kind of a duo MC so? role with it, where you had a protagonist and antagonist who came okay. from a relationship at the beginning. I mean, Tetsuo is definitely the baddie in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. you know, it just kind of goes to show that how somebody who is looked at as the second person give, being given power, can that can go to his head really quick, which is exactly what happened, you know? Yeah. Yes. Do you guys think he always had that like in him to do something like that? Or do you think well, he had to have? Because yeah. most of what came of that was because he was uh, jealous of Canada and also um, that he was tired. He was mad at being looked down upon and looked at as he was weak. So he had to been harboring them feelings for a while. And he actually finally was able to gain power. And that's when it just went through the roof, you know? Off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had to have been. He had to have been harboring that shit for a while. So Oh, yeah. He had some, some pent-up anger, obviously. Yeah. He didn't like getting saved from the lab um, and how he was acting after that. Even though he was in great pain, he didn't want anybody's help. It was... It was it yeah. was hard to see. It was hard to see, you know. Definitely. What did you guys think of the setting of the movie in Neo Tokyo? Did you guys like that? I thought it was pretty great, actually. Um, having like a, a kind of a cyberpunk feel to it. Everything's just in pure chaos. I, I, I think it it played into the the setting played into the plot very very well. Yeah, definitely. It reminded me of like L.A. and Blade Runner, or like a cyberpunk Mad Max. Yeah, I mean it. It was definitely, uh, definitely, I I actually liked it. Uh, I don't think they could have made it anywhere else, uh, besides like a big metro city type of deal and make the story, uh, as chaotic as they did. I don't think. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, is there anything that like bothered you guys about the film at all? Uh, yeah. Um, other than the entrance, you know, being very super fast paced and stuff like that, which, like I said, it did, after 20, 25 minutes, it really didn't matter. Um, but the Frankenstein looking people that bugged me that <laughs> that scared me, <laughs> honestly. Are you talking the espers? 
the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's because they've been pumped with drugs for the entirety of their lives. I mean, like they were getting shot up with who knows what to contain their psychic powers to a degree, you know. So obviously that's gonna have some ample side effects. And sure enough, it looks like it did. uh, My question for like that Frankenstein kids is what I'm gonna call them. the do we think that they are actually not kids? Do we think that they was uh, alive back in like 1988, the first uh, when Akira was um, created the explosion or, or whatever? I don't know if they were alive, but I, I think they're definitely older than what they appeared. It kind of leads on that they are like older beings, but they're constantly called kids. So. But their faces look, like I said, older. It's like a greenish, older um, face. Um, so it just reminds me of Frankenstein, honestly. And it, I'm just a little bit creeped out by it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the movie overall was kind of creepy. That's the yeah. point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, very I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, it's very dystopian. You know, like, yeah, like the, those big... Like monster teddy bears and whatever. I was like, yo, what is really going on here? <laughs> uh, for me as well, I also didn't really care for the ending. Uh, I wanted to see more details about what actually happened when uh, Akira took Tetsu- Tetsuo into the lot. Like, I wanted to know what happened after, kind of. I don't think they told us. No, I, I, I actually think that's one of the beauties of the film is like it left it to mystery. I think I, I actually liked that. I don't you know, it's kind of like a it's a weird ending, but I think it fit the film, like the theme of the film very well. I, I tried to I watched the credits all the way through, hoping that there was an end scene and uh, <laughs> nah, explaining a little bit more. Man, none of that coming on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying, Tyler. It, it, it just like stopped. The credits rolled. I did the same thing just to make sure, just because of how the movie ended. Um, and then I was—I remember I was just laying on my couch, like, like I what wanted the to fuck see did more. I just watch. I wanted to see <laughs> the point. What happened? You know, but uh, do do y'all think? Do y'all want to see like a remake of this, like a modern day remake? I think that would be good because when I actually looked into what the fuck I was watching, I had to get some answers, right? Um. And it, and it, and what I found out was that this movie, although it does have an ending, was made in the middle of the manga. Um, so mm-hmm. they got to like rift a little bit and kind of say, okay, how would we want this to end? They had to um, obviously be a lot more concise than what they could be. I mean, than what than what they wanted to be. Uh, they didn't really get to flesh out the characters like like I was hearing is in the manga. They didn't get really really get to focus on the individual characters. But if it was like maybe two or three movies, I think they could do that. And I think I would like that just to have more answers, some more prominent characters, um, kind of like what people are saying the manga is. Yeah, definitely. I think like a six or seven episode like OVA where each episode is like, you know, 45 minutes long or something like that would be perfect, especially if it was animated in today's caliber. Like imagine if MAPPA had a freaking run at this. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, actually, uh, I look, we actually stumbled across uh, a little something Um uh, when I was doing a little bit of research uh, for Akira, uh, apparently back before COVID started, it actually had been announced that Studio Sunrise, which is 
uh, got some big names under their belt, like Cowboy Bebop, Gintama, Gundam, Code Geass, Inuyasha, and actually a lot, lot more. Um, they are actually, they was actually working on a remake, a modern day remake of Akira, uh, and also uh, live action was uh, being uh, talked about. But like I said, this was before COVID. And there has been absolutely no news since then. And um, not sure if they canceled it or it's just been postponed or they're just having issues um, with, you know, jobs, etc. Making it. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but I would actually love to see a remake of this modern day. Yeah, Sunrise takes their sweet time with... um everything like they released a gundam movie in 2019 and i think the second part is coming out potentially in 2026 or 2027 so they take their time um they've got a lot going on though uh they do a lot of different shows especially in the gundam world um yeah i guess uh looking at it i I don't want to get too much into the plot in case people want to watch it but how'd you guys like the big battle over the olympiad oh i thought it was phenomenal i mean you had uh canada uh, fighting Tetsu. And then you had the government trying to, you know, hop, hop in the fight. Uh, you had, um, key trying to fight him too. It was, it was, it was just like a combination of everything that was going on. It was really fun to watch. Bro, um, it's always the scientists. The scientists always screw up everything, bro. <laughs> oh dude. It's, 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 it's government testing on espers. You know, something's going to go wrong, man. Yeah. 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 Sticking their nose where it doesn't belong. Um, And as far as like a remake goes, they have to go all out on the animation. This was, I was watching this and I was like, this was made in 1988. You know, this, it was, it was Disney level from the eighties or beyond that. As far as like the amount of detail in the animation that was going on, I thought that was extremely impressive. Imagine those last fights that we see uh, animated in today's, uh, you know, studios throw a little CGI in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially from sunrise, you know, they've, they've got a lot of uh, good stuff going on. I don't think they would drop the ball. So no. Yeah. I, I thought the animation could still stand up for today. You know, I yeah, mean, you could I tell was it was older s- style, but it, it, it could still stand up. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, this is a 35 year old movie and um, it held my attention from start to finish. No problem. There was, it never, I never even thought about it being older, you know? So I think it really just, it still stands up to the test of time, 100%. And like, uh, like, um, y'all was saying, the lot the fights at the end, um, that part, the last hour or so for me, it was actually like a nine out of 10 rated. Yeah, I rated it like a nine out of 10, probably the last hour or so, because I was hooked and, I actually wanted to see what was going to happen to Tetsuya and, you know, Canada and all the uh, the side characters that was coming into play and what actually happened at the end. Um, now, the first hour or so, I would probably rate it more like a 7 out of 10. It was a little bit slower um, as far as plot goes. Uh, it, it was more, like I said, the first 30 minutes, uh, it was pretty chaotic. Uh that's probably why I rate. That's why I rate it so low. Honestly, is I just didn't understand what was going on until late. So yeah, 
I, I'd put the first half even lower than that for me. Yeah. Um, I don't like knowing not knowing what what the uh, story is That's thirty movie, minutes into man. the movie. Yeah. Look, man, just give me something. <laughs> give me some. Throw a boy a bone. Um, hey, dude, chaos. Chaos was part of the story, and they did I a mean, really good job to demonstrating yeah. that in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, was, looking back, it was it done well, you know. But it did. Yeah, once I got the full story, I thought it was actually a really great movie. Um, I was reading online that people were saying it was a masterpiece or maybe the best anime movie of all time. Mm. Not going to say, I, I think, I don't think it lived up to what a lot of people were saying. Uh, I think they were kind of rotten nuts on that. But um, for me, the entire story, first half and second half put together, I'll probably give it like an eight, a solid eight. You know, that's pretty good. I think Um, it's just that, like you said, the first hour kind of brought it down a little bit, but it, it, it got tied together pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of components that introduced in that first 30 minutes. That's the tough part, because, I mean, what you have government scientists, you have a rebel organization, you have bike gangs like it's all over the place because the story is actually just all over the place. Yeah. And then it all comes together really well. Um, I I definitely give it a nine out of ten. I mean, that's uh, if you go to our good friends Mm -hmm. over at Rotten Tomatoes, that's that's right about where they're sitting. They're sitting at the 90, 90 out of 100. So. Mm-hmm. I frankly, you know, that's a hundred K plus reviews. So I think we're all yeah. in the, pretty close to the same boat as the majority of the public on that one. My my overall is probably gonna be like a low eight out of ten. I feel like that honestly, if they would have made it a little bit longer and uh just kinda explain or kinda threw in some uh information more in the first first thirty minutes, it was probably it would it would be probably closer to a nine for me, but uh, to be able to put all that they did into a two-hour movie already, like that was crazy. Anyway, so yeah, like I watched it. I watched um the first hour Friday night, and I honestly wasn't looking forward to the second hour when I watched it uh on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, but same by the with end me. of it, I was like, wow. Um, I watched the first half with my sister. And she was like, yeah, that put me to sleep. It literally put her to sleep. Um, <laughs> I watched the first 30 minutes and I had to take a nap just to finish, <laughs> right. finish it up. So, And then I watched the second half of it and my sister asked me, she's like, did it get better? Like, you know, because yeah, she was looking at it online it really too. And I was like, it really did. I was like, I don't know if you're going to watch like the whole thing, but it's like, I think it's worth a watch. And that's what I'm going to recommend, uh, you know, to our, our listeners as well. It's like, it's, it's, if you have not seen it, I would definitely, definitely watch it. Just power through the first 30 minutes. Take a nap. Do whatever you got to do. Nah, it ain't that bad. You guys are exaggerating. <laughs> you guys who need a story in the first episode. Come on, man. Let it build. Let it build. <laughs> My patience is not high. That's the problem with these these young folks that you oh, guys no. are. I've oh got my God. I'm the older than you. of a 50-year-old. Okay, Dan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome. no. So, yeah, uh, we didn't go to too much detail on it, but, uh, you know, I think we gave you kind of the gist of what it is. Um, hope you guys re- want to check it out because it really is one of the best anime movies there is. I mean, it's right up there with, you know, stuff coming out of Studio Ghibli, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah if you I guys have it. anything else to add, I think uh, that's a review of Akira. Definitely recommend you check it out. And at that point, uh, thanks for tuning in to episode two of the Anime DGENs podcast. If you guys enjoyed listening, make sure to show us a little love and drop a follow on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or others. Make sure to leave us a review if you enjoyed it and uh, tell the other anime fans in your life. 
Lastly, to stay up to date with the DGENs, make sure to click our link tree in the bio to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and other, other platforms as well as join the Discord. Again, we appreciate you hanging out with us and stay degenerate. Thank you.